from the CSI Today News Desk at the College of Staten Island. Welcome to the CSI Today Talks Podcast with your hosts, David Pizzuto and Terry Manns. The CSI Today Talks Podcast is your connection to the College of Staten Island with the newsmakers that make it happen. From world-renowned faculty and staff, dynamic students, and community leaders, stay connected to CSI with CSI Today Talks. And now, here is your host, David Pizzuto. Welcome, everybody, to CSI Today Talks, right here on CSIToday.com and from wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I am your co-host, David Pizzuto, welcoming you in to another edition of CSI Today Talks, our final edition of the spring 2022 semester. This is season one, episode 18, as we finalize here and take a break uh, over the summer. We have a special guest lined up for you, Maxwell Velikodny, the CSI valedictorian at commencement, uh, class of 2022, will join me in just a few moments. I'm so excited to talk to Maxwell, uh, who obviously just graduated with his degree, is entering um, the law program at New York Law. Uh, will start a new uh, career as well in just a few short days. Can't wait to speak to Maxwell, get caught up on his story, and of course, all the excitement that led to him being named valedictorian of the class of 2022. What better way to finalize our podcast? And speaking of podcasts, before we talk to Maxwell, let's talk a little bit of housekeeping as we always do. If you have not already, please subscribe to CSI Today Talks. You can do so on any of the platforms where you catch our podcast every single week. Co-host Terry Mayers and I uh, have been delighted to bring you these past 18 episodes that we have over the course of the spring semester. Uh, what Terry and I will do is we will uh, step aside from the podcast a little bit. We will uh, take a few weeks off and build our guest list for the fall of 2022, and we'll probably come back on around the end of August to uh, kick off season two of CSI Today Talks. We're happy to do so. But by subscribing to our podcast, what you do is you have access to all of our archived episodes as well, 17 of them in the books. This will be number 18. Uh, last week, Terry Mayers interviewed our president, interim president, Dr. Timothy G. Lynch. Great conversation that kind of wrapped up Dr. Lynch's perspectives on the uh, first semester that he has been at the College of Staten Island. What a great episode that was. I learned a great deal there. And of course, all of our other episodes, which touch on the many great news stories that we have here at the College of Staten Island. We hope that you'll check them out. We hope that you will subscribe. We also ask that you subscribe to our website at csitoday.com. On the right-hand toolbar, you'll see a box to subscribe. Every week, we uh, let out CSI Today This Week, where uh, our weekly newsletter where we showcase this podcast and all of our top news stories from the week that was uh, the previous week. So uh, great ways to really stay informed and stay ahead of news at the College of Staten Island all year long. We're so happy to bring it to you each and every week. So with that being said, it's time now to turn our attention to my special guest this week, Mr. Maxwell Velikodny. And Maxwell joins us now on the podcast. Maxwell, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Of course, our pleasure. And 
you know, first and foremost, as I said in our opening, uh, you graduated uh, coming right off of that. And so congratulations on graduation and, of course, being named valedictorian. And let's start right there, Maxwell. Can you tell me a little bit about what the honor meant to you and the experience of taking in commencement in that way on the stage, being able to address the graduating class? I mean, it was absolutely surreal. Uh, it's It started from my experience just applying for it. You know, mm -hmm. um, I'm a first generation college student and I always wanted to, you know, make sure that I did my best to, in any opportunity that I, I apply for or, or do. And I've always, like when I first came to CSI, it was my goal to try to become valedictorian, do everything in my power to. And, you know, when I got the call from uh, the provost office, I my mom was with me, uh, my dad, we were all jumping up and down uh, for joy because, you know, it's just a great honor. And for me, it's not just an academic accomplishment. I feel like it's more so a testament to what my family has put into me and their hard work as much as my own. It, it didn't, it wasn't just a superficial kind of like medallion of academic honor. It was just a reaffirmment of, of, every everything everyone has given me um and i was grateful i as far as commencement the energy was just amazing i i couldn't believe that i had the opportunity to be on stage with my parents and family other family members and friends right in front of me all celebrating the amazing moment um, i felt like everyone was extremely happy among the guests and uh, given that we were all cooped up and we haven't had commencements in, I think, two years, uh, everyone was so excited and ready to, to just be a part of that amazing day. And all the graduates made it their own. You know, mm -hmm. it, it was it was just really it was really nice to see everyone there. All the people that I've been in class with, uh, worked with on uh, committees uh, or just been a part of, on, of student events and also people that I've never met before that have, I've, I've also gotten to know on the commencement day, which just were amazing people. Yeah, it's so so great to hear that. And it, it, it certainly came off that way too. You know, for for you, it, it, you know, it might've been the first commencement that you've been part of, but I've been a part of so many. And, you know, <laughs> there, there are a lot of people on campus who said that this year is for some reason, maybe it was because we were back for the first time in a number of years. It just had a different kind of energy to it there was like yeah. there was a lot of buzz you know going around the the entire time it was a beautiful day it just seemed like mm -hmm. everything was kind of like perfect <laughs> i know and yeah i i heard that it the, the weather was the best that day um so many students and family members came and uh took a lot of pictures and were able to be with the graduates uh after the fact and you know even when the commencement ended there were still a lot of people uh, taking pictures with their friends and family. It was just an amazing sight to see. And I I was happy. I, I was really happy seeing the smiles while I was walking, trying to find my own parents uh, <laughs> shuffled in the crowd. It, it was it was it was amazing. Great. Great. You know, and, and, and speaking of parents, you know, we'll, uh, let's go from commencement now to the to the very beginning. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about your your origin story? I know you know, based on the commencement speech, you spoke about being raised by immigrant parents and, and migrating, mm -hmm. you know, into the country. Can you talk a little bit about, about that? Yeah, no, I, of course. So I grew up in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. I was raised by my two immigrant parents um, and, and my two older brothers. Uh, they're amazing. Uh, my family came to the United States uh, they, after seeking asylum, uh, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, uh, during uh, Kyrgyzstan's 
Tashkistani civil war. Mm. Kyrgyzstan is a, was a satellite state in the Soviet Union. Uh, um, and they came because they knew that uh, Kyrgyzstan's increasing instability would deprive my siblings of any social mobility or opportunity. So uh, they really took a risk coming here. Um, and despite you know a, lot, a daunting language barrier, uh, difficulty finding a job or or a lack of family or friends uh, in the United States, they surmounted those odds and they persevered and in, instilled in us those values mm. uh, to consistently be be determined and overcome everything that comes our way. So even at a young age, uh, we had to really be involved in our family. My eldest brother, he has cerebral palsy. Uh, if you guys know him, he sells candy actually on Staten Island. Hmm. Uh, at the Andy Candy business, he still does it, uh, and and th- that's how he predominantly, you know, makes a living for himself. Uh, my brothers, when we were younger, we went and tried to do odd jobs. So sometimes like handing flyers out, or at the at, in 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 metro stations, we we tried to 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 give coupons and stuff. Hmm. So we were we 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 were trying to make ends meet that way. But it, for me, it was fun. At a young age, I, I didn't really see it as any as as hard work. I just loved spending time with my brothers when we were doing that. Uh, and in terms of of school and education, uh, my parents have always been very understanding with me, and they always tried to ensure that I was confident in myself and that I never let potentially the lack of sleep that I had or uh, the difficulties that I had in school because of my I, I, I English wasn't my first language. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my parents predominantly speak Russian in the household and they they don't even now they have had difficulties learning the language. So uh, I, I didn't learn English until I, I hit grade school and it was very difficult for me to acclimate. And they understood mm-hmm. that they're patient with me, but they've always told me that, you know, I need to persevere and work hard and learn. And, you know, they've just been understanding with me, which which is a blessing because I know that not all immigrant parents have been sure. so kind and, and understanding. But my parents have always been there for me. No, that's 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 great. And, you know, I I personally can can relate to your situation. You know, thankfully, my my parents didn't migrate here from a war torn country, but I am the son of immigrants myself. I was actually born and raised in Sunset Park as well. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the only one wow. I was the only one in my family born in the States. And, you know, their their wishes were for me and my siblings to achieve the things that they didn't or didn't have the ability to do and, and to open those doors for for their children. You know, how important was education in, in your household? I know you just touched on it, but you know, more so, you know, not even the the, uh, the books and the studying, but the avenues that they knew would be representative of success for you. You know, it is hard to answer because for them, they saw success as happiness and pursuit of high level education. You know, mm. uh, to them, education was a path to social mobility and and getting out of a certain income threshold, uh, the stigma associated with potentially being an immigrant. Uh, and it is also an avenue to secure generational wealth and, and securement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they saw they saw education also as a source of happiness because they weren't able to have that opportunity in, in their country so much so as I would have. And they knew that if if we stayed, if they stayed in Kyrgyzstan, my brothers and me potentially would have been left with no no sources of recourse and 
dead-end jobs or, or worse, and they wanted to make sure that there was opportunity for us. Uh, I, I, I learned, I found at a young age that I wanted to become a lawyer, and I, that my parents were happy and proud about that, but they, they were also skeptical, and they wanted to make sure that I was doing it for the right reasons, and not because I thought it was a fancy profession or it was a, it was going to make me a lot of money, but because I, I, I would fall in love with it and I'd like it. Uh, my parents fortunately weren't uh, egging me on to be a doctor, engineer, lawyer uh, for 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 the wrong reasons. I my first job I wanted to be funny enough was uh, with the pizza delivery man. And <laughs> my you you I know you would you would think that you know your parents would be like no you you shouldn't do that. My mom was like well okay well how, think about how much money that you'd be making. Uh, and and I and she sat me down and we did the numbers and I'm like wow okay how much does this cost. How much does rent cost? How much does so? In the end, I I came to the realization: well, maybe being a pizza delivery man isn't for me. So, they're always very understanding and pragmatic, and I I love them so much for it. And they just wanted the best for me. And I, it was clear that they never forced their own agenda, their own wants or or desires besides their desire for us to be successful and happy. Sure, sure. Wow, that's that's really great. It's great to have that that kind of support. And you know, since you mentioned it, I know um, you know you said that law piqued your interest very early in life, and you know that's um, you know that's an anomaly as well because you know a lot of times law comes late into a, a you know an academic's life, or you know uh, you know at least in, in high school. But for you, it was it was pretty early on. Can you comment on what attracted you so much to the career path and ultimately the majors that that you've gone on to choose? Well, of course, there there are a lot of reasons uh, how I got influenced to become a lawyer. So the first reason, you know, when I was really when I was young, uh, I kind of saw lawyers as as superheroes in a sense because mm-hmm. I thought, you know, they're there to defend the good guys and make sure that you know the bad guys are are put in jail, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, very black and white mentality. Prosecutors are there to ins- to make sure that the bad guys are put away. Defense attorneys are there to make sure that the good guys are not put away. So I had a very black and white mentality. And um, it was partly because I, I watched a lot of Judge Judy in the background uh, in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And my parents also had a Russian version of Judge Judy. Uh, and I, I always watched kind of both. And I was really interested in it. Uh, but then when our immigration status became um, more shaky, uh, being my, my mom's and dad's, I was born here. Uh, they had to really go into the court system a lot uh, and petition, file a lot of things. And I was I found myself going to the law offices of, of a particular immigration attorney. And she was just such an amazing advocate. Uh, always had a smile on her face, always made sure to uh, help us. Uh, I think she was a pro bono attorney now now that I'm looking back. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did everything for my family and. Uh, fortunately, they have a, a secured status, and uh, at the moment, they're they're you know in in a, in great shape, and I'm I'm really happy for that. But her passion and determination made me want to become a lawyer initially, and through the throughout the years, uh, it my it was it was just reaffirmed uh, by my collective experiences, adversities, and uh, just academic interests mm. that just showcase whether or not I'd be the right fit for me. I, I, I tried to actively challenge myself to make sure that law was something I wanted, uh, be it through internships, 
uh, through classes I, I was able to take. And even, even after that, I still was really interested. And it was, if the liking the profession didn't seem like something that was superficial, didn't seem like something that uh, I, I was just saying because it sounded cool or it sounded really smart or mm-hmm. it, it will make me a lot of money. It was something I really wanted to do. Terrific. Terrific. And, you know, those educational pursuits eventually led you into the Macaulay Honors College at CSI. When did you first hear about the Macaulay program and the College of Staten Island? And when did that become a reality for you? Was it what was it that made CSI, uh, you know, make you want to pursue your degree here? I my my fondest memory of CSI before coming here was honestly some of the theater programs a lot mm. uh, when I was in elementary school uh, they brought us here often for uh, I think theater re- uh, recitals mm-hmm. and stuff I think CSI students were putting on plays or performances and you know I really loved that and I thought the the, the theater was amazing uh, and that's and, and I really liked the campus even while we were coming here mm. uh, coming there on the bus but it always stuck with me I always CSI as a campus always stuck with me and I I, uh the Macaulay Honors program particularly I found out about it my sophomore year of high school Uh, one of the teachers that we had she was from CSI Macaulay uh, and uh, she taught geometry and and she spoke really highly of the program the cohort the college itself um its affiliation with CSI and how that program is and she really pushed me to apply two years later and other three key aspects for me uh, in applying to the McCollin College program was, you know, the full tuition scholarship was extremely important because I my parents wanted to make sure that I was a, as debt averse as I could be um, because they, they know how much Ted can really pull a person down sure. um, with with what they want to do. Uh, the academic rigor of the program. Uh, it's it's very well claimed and you have a lot of opportunities with with Macaulay classes and uh, finally the class cohort being small I, I wanted a, an intimate class size and and to have peers that are driven and people and that I can learn from and I found that both in Macaulay and CSI as a whole yeah that's that's really terrific and you know when I was you know, gearing up for this interview and, and obviously knew that you were in law, you know, it, it piqued me as well because my brother and my, my brother-in-law are both attorneys. They both graduated from CSI. They both went on to law school and they tell me all the time about how great the prep was that they had at CSI, mm-hmm. how they work with several professors and the classes they enjoyed, how much it helped them. What were some of your favorite classes and some of the professors that you leaned on or that played a key role in your development and progressions through the discipline? And there's just, there were so many classes and professors that really impacted me and uh, wanted for my success. One, one key class that was really important to me was uh, Professor Mark Lewis's class on uh, history of modern America. And his, his skew of the course was more so on how ideologies have shifted, how throughout historical events, uh, the preconditions to ideological beliefs like communism, mm-hmm. um, Marxism, capitalism, free trade, things like that, mm-hmm. how they've historically evolved and how they've evolved in the modern era through primary sources and analysis and, and readings. And he really pushed for class participation and hardcore analysis that 
I feel I, I still carry with me today. Another class, another two classes by Professor Gloria Giannolis, English 111 and 151. You know, they're the, mm-hmm. they're the freshman classes for English they have to take, but she really hammered down the inconsistencies and imperfections that I've had in my writing and, and even speaking for, uh, for, for, for a college level that, you know, without, without her, without her support, I would not have been able to do as well in college. She really taught me how to write an essay the right way, how to, how to form an argument, how to ensure that I'm keeping the reader enticed while not putting in too much fluff. Mm-hmm. And then another, another course, was by Professor Joseph Rushi, two courses. It was an independent study on the uh, economy mm-hmm. of America and also um, the history of American exceptionalism and how that ideology has has changed over the years. Uh, I, I wanted to take his two, these two classes because one, I never I felt like I, I didn't have enough background in the American economy to understand how it has impacted both the po- political nature and the le- legal nature of, of the country. And I wanted to have that kind of expertise and knowledge. And the other course, because American exceptionalism is, is an interesting topic for me as a child of immigrants. And I wanted to learn more about how, you know, this idea of American exceptionalism, how it, how it has been challenged and why it may or may not be true. Um, and I, I, I would just something that I was really passionate about. And I, I, what I loved most was how he taught and how much he, he, he valued our, our input and, and class discussions. And he, he, he was just a great professor. There were so many others as well. I just don't have enough time <laughs> to, to go through everyone that, that has impacted me, but all the professors I've had were, were, were amazing and they just wanted the best for me. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, uh, you know, obviously the discipline is, uh, you know, is, is, is a discipline, right? You have to put a lot of hard work into it. And, you know, we all know what happened midway through your studies. And, and that was, of course, COVID. It had, you know, a deep effect on all of us. And, you know, as someone who is so involved with campus, such as yourself, for example, you served in student government and as president at that time, what kind of impact did that have on you personally? Yeah, uh, the COVID-19 pause affected me, my family, and my fellow students in in a lot of different ways, Uh, particularly economically. uh, You know, everyone, my my family had to go on unemployment. Uh, I was was lucky enough to secure a role with Pfizer and then later the uh, New York State Attorney General's office. And all the while, I uh, took on a professional and very important responsibility <clears throat> that was extremely meaningful to me, mm-hmm. uh, being the student government president of the CUNY College Senate Island and the and through throughout 2020 and 2021. And uh, my my goal really was to ensure that students had the proper academic flexibility policies in place uh, while also having the financial resources to make sure that they were okay throughout the pandemic. And I prioritized funding the Patriot grant and uh, the the COVID-19 relief funding grants for students. And those went directly to, to, to the pockets of students. And it helped, it helped hundreds of families and, and students alike. And it was, it was just a great, great experience and, and it was a great opportunity for them to have. I, I, I was really happy that um, 
it was successful. And as far as the academic flexibility policies, uh, you know, we wanted to make sure that people people could continue the credit slash no credit uh, policy, which which allowed for uh, flexibility for people that were still acclimating to the online environment. Uh, there are people there are people some people weren't even able to get uh, re academic resources in time to be successful. So we wanted mm -hmm. to make sure that we facilitated that as much as we could. Overall, I think my time on student government was was very meaningful, uh, being a part of different committees, working with faculty and staff on initiatives and ensuring that our students were were helped and were heard. You know, I, I, I made myself available as, as much as I could, and I, I did my best to ensure that the needs of students were met and they didn't feel like they were left behind during a really difficult time. Yeah, sure, and 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 I, and I'm sure that so many students benefited uh, from that, and are, and are truly thankful for all the work that goes on in the back end to really make those things a, a reality. And they were so critically important, uh, you know, for the time. And you know, speaking to you, you know, personally, Maxwell, with the with the transition from in person to remote learning, uh, you know, I've spoken to so many students, and you know, some students tell me, well, you know, uh, remote was was kind of the best thing that ever happened. It allowed me to be, you know, two places at once, and and you know, go to work a little bit more, support my family. And others were like, I can't do this remote work anymore. I got to get back into a classroom. How did you feel about that kind of that switch flipping from from sitting in a classroom and and learning? shoulder to shoulder with your professors and with your your peers to now being in front mm -hmm. of a you know a, a computer monitor or a laptop and and doing the work in that capacity of course i i certainly can't lie to you i i much prefer the in-person learning sure. and yeah. being with my peers and participating in person uh so translating that experience remote virtually was a little challenging for me originally mm -hmm. but i felt like it allowed for me to participate in more uh, events and be a part of more internships and, and and enjoy different opportunities that I would not have been able to. Like, for instance, uh, while for my junior for, yes, my junior year, uh, while I was student government president on Mondays and Fridays, I would be working virtually at the New York State Attorney General's office, which is in Manhattan. And then right after I have class, I had, I had classes. I was taking, you know, between 20 to 23 credits every semester mm. uh, at that time during the pandemic. So I was able to load up on, on courses and still make time for uh, my committee meetings, uh, student government meetings, work at the, at the, at the respective offices and also uh, work on independent scholarship essays or 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 prepare for uh, law school admission potentially. So it gave me the flexibility and the lifestyle that allowed for me to be as successful as I could in, at CSI. But it was very difficult. I, I can't lie. It, it was it was extremely hard to balance everything. If it, if things were not remote, I don't know if I would have been able to participate in as much as I as I did. Uh, but I found that overall, at the end of the day, after everything mm -hmm. is said and done, it was it was good for me. And I think I 
made the best out of that situation. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say, it, it, you know, it sounds to me like, you know, you were given a, a, well, we were all given a set of unfortunate circumstances, but you, like many of your, of your cohorts really made the most of it and maximized that opportunity. And obviously it benefited, you know, you a great deal. Um, <laughs> You know, I know we touched on this, uh, you know, a, a little bit right at the top, Maxwell, but as important as the remote work was, I'm sure it was just as important getting back to in-person instruction, you know, getting back to being with your peers. And of course, it all culminating in graduating in person on such a beautiful day last week. How important was it, do you think, for the entirety of the senior class to end their academic careers in that way? It was vital. We were hand in hand together throughout the whole pandemic virtually. And in the end, this culmination, this event where we were all able to celebrate with each other, seeing each other close by at a time where, you know, there are events going on in, in the world, in, in New York that are in person, people are, are able to, to, to see each other. It, it had to happen. Uh, we, we've been cooped up. Mm-hmm. We've been, very steadfast in our studies and i think this was something we all deserve to have and our our collective rest restlessness and mm-hmm. um and 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 zoom burnout contributed to to just us wanting that and i i was really happy when i was on the committee for for commencement that they announced a completely in-person commencement with uh remote opportunities Although I wish more more family members would would have been able to come, it was amazing seeing just how many people were were present and 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 were there to celebrate and and um, co- commemorate their their the, the students' moments. Yeah, no, you said it. That's uh, you know, you hit it right on the head. Just to to witness that, to be a part of that, was just uh, overwhelming and and exceptional. Um, you know, Maxwell, here we are talking away, and we really still haven't covered some of the most important news for you, and that is there are a pair of great events happening in your life right now on top of all the awards and the laurels. You know, first, uh, a position as a compliance analyst at Morgan Stanley and a full scholarship to attend New York Law School in the fall. Can you tell us a little bit about how those opportunities surfaced and how excited you are about them? Yeah, I am extremely excited. I'm honestly over the moon. As far as how how they came to be, uh, I'll start with Morgan Stanley. Sure. Uh, I feel, uh, Morgan to get to where I was with Morgan Stanley, it was it was kind of uh, it, it was it's it didn't start with uh, Morgan Stanley. It started with my internships and my my experiences in college uh, in student government, uh, working at the different DA's offices, uh, the New York State Attorney General's office, Pfizer, and the Surrogates Court. I feel like every single internship offered me different values and different perspectives on law and 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 business etiquette and how to be part of a part of a group and team. And as far as the fellowship that I was involved in, the American Easy Fellowship, they really hammered a lot of um, the do's and don'ts of the workplace, how to interview properly, how to set a resume, create a cover letter, uh, things that were not necessarily available to me to understand and know because my parents are from another country and I'm a first generation college student. So I really didn't have that kind of safety net to fall back on. And uh, the fellowship really taught me all these skills that I needed. So when it came to applying to Morgan Stanley, I, uh, I, I did so because I was interested in compliance after working at Pfizer's compliance unit. And 
it was interesting to see how companies ensure that they are protected from the rules, state guidelines, and and procedures that they're supposed to, and kind of the inner workings of that within the compliance department. So Pfizer really uh, influenced me to apply. And when uh, I was accepted to Morgan Stanley, I, I had an amazing time because I was able to learn a lot from my peers. Uh, the people at the firm have been so were kind and generous and always tried to mentor me. And I, I just love the atmosphere that I had. You know, my work at Morgan Stanley, I was mostly working in, in uh, reviewing outside business investments with employees and monitoring uh, transactions to ensure they were not illicit or uh, in conflict with the firms after trades hmm. or prohibited by FINRA, the SEC. And we, uh, my, my role also had to do with, you know, partnering with other analysts to make, uh, to research uh, on uh, SEC filings. And then uh, there was an Eaton, there was a integration with one of the firm's partners. So it was a lot of different moving parts throughout the summer. And, you know, my, my, the highlight was just meeting new people and learning uh, things about finance, finance. And I'm a humanities major mm -hmm. uh, with, and background. So this is all very new to me and they're patient and understanding. As far as, you know, law school, I am beyond, beyond thrilled. I, it's always been a dream of mine to go to law school and uh, hearing that I got a full tuition scholarship to New York law school is amazing. And uh, I, 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 I can't believe that <laughs> that has happened, but it, 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 it is real. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I just, to just getting to that point of, you know, writing personal statements, studying for the LSAT, which is the law school standardized mm -hmm. test, which is very difficult for me uh, because I had to balance a lot of things. And uh, simultaneously doing internships and being involved in school was extremely hard, but I, it, everything paid off um, knowing that I'm going to law school and I'm going to be able to work uh, at a firm that I really love. Uh, in a role that's going to be really interesting. And yeah, I'm just beyond the moon. Excellent. Uh, that's, that's, that's truly great. Is there, is there a particular law that you're looking to specialize in? I'm still very open mm -hmm. to a lot of things. I'm, I, I'm really interested in immigration law or at the very least working pro bono as a pro bono attorney in, mm -hmm. in immigration matters. Uh, I'm interested in constitutional law, civil rights, uh, and 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 litigation in those in those fields uh, through my different internships, I, I think I'm really all over the place with my interests, and I, I feel like when I start law school and I start taking the classes, I'll be able to really hammer and pinpoint what I'm interested in and what I want to do. Sure, definitely a great approach. Um, you know, Maxwell, I think it's pretty evident to those listening how much of a success uh, you are. You've had a big impact on our institution. Uh, I'm curious to know what kind of an impact do you think our institution has had on you? What are some of your takeaways from CSI and what would you tell others about your experiences here? Well, my biggest takeaway is just how dedicated the faculty, staff, and administration is to the student body and their, their success and how behind the scenes everyone's working hard to ensure that uh, things are running smoothly and that students are able to have the, the greatest amount of opportunities. Another thing that I'd love for students to know is that our faculty are, they have studied from these very prestigious institutions and at the cost of, of a CUNY tuition, you're able to have 
those professors mentor you and teach you. And that in itself is just an amazing opportunity. Uh, and then, and another takeaway from CSI, I my fellow students themselves, just how diverse and amazing and hardworking everyone is. I fell in love with the school primarily because of the students. Getting to know people through um, CSI, CSI clubs, CSI uh, campus activities board, and and student government. Just seeing how 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 involved students were and why what their motivations were. Just just I don't know. It's hard to put mm-hmm. into words, but everyone wanted uh, to be successful either because you know their parents really pushed them really hard to, or their their background. They were immigrants like me who wanted to push themselves forward. Uh, I, I don't know. It, I felt very, very heard and mm. and 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 a, a part of the campus community. It's it's hard to put into words. Because yeah, it's, sure. It's no, amazing. I I definitely get it. Listen, I'm a, I'm an alum, as you know, like you are, and I I kind of felt the same way uh, that I'm surrounded by people from who have taken all different avenues to get here. You know, and my my story was more, you know, similar to yours, you know, immigrant family, first generation. And then you you had some that were came from extremely academic families and are the third and fourth in their line and and could yeah. have went could have went to an Ivy League but stayed stayed a home and then others who were, you know, doing it part time and on the weekend and and juggling, you know, three other <laughs> jobs. So it was just this eclectic mix of of different people. But there's that common denominator of really wanting to do well in the classroom and and using it as a springboard to what's next. And you're you're obviously living proof of that, and so are your your cohorts. It's a it's a great success story, mm-hmm. Maxwell, and the the valedictorian honor. I mean, you know, there's there's only one, right? And and you're the one, and it's such a you know privilege to talk to you about it, and and I'm I'm sure it meant a great deal uh, winning that as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, honestly, I just want to leave uh, my fellow students just one piece of advice. Sure. You, CSI is what you make of it. Mm-hmm. And it's what you put in is what you'll get back tenfold. And that, I feel, was the driving force that pushed me. You know, I wanted to make sure that I was involved. And whatever I put in at CSI, I got back times 10. So I, again, am super thankful and it's just an amazing honor. And I'm thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Maxwell, I want to thank you for, you know, being on our podcast. I want to tell you how proud we are of the work you've accomplished. And I wish you all the best moving forward. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And again, I appreciate your time. And I'm thank you to CSI and Macaulay. Well, you are absolutely welcome. Thank you again, Max. All right, once again, Maxwell Velikodny joining us on CSI Today Talks. What a great conversation with Maxwell. When you talk to some fascinating people, when you talk to some great individuals, the conversations go by just so quickly. That's one thing that I've learned here on CSI Today Talks this entire semester. Um, so uh, happy to have uh, done this podcast with my uh, colleague, Terry Mayers. We had a great deal of fun this first semester talking to some really extraordinary people. Terry and I uh, alternate weeks here on the show where he speaks to a fascinating guest, and then I do as well. 18 episodes in all for our first semester, and um, I'm really, uh, really proud of that and really thankful uh, to my co-host, Terry Mayers, uh, for doing this venture with me. We've enjoyed bringing it to you each and every week. If you haven't caught previous episodes, they are all available via 
our archive, whether it's on Spotify, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, CastBox, and so many other ways to catch our podcast each and every week. Whichever modality you prefer, we will be there for you. And as I mentioned in the opening, this is our final episode of the spring semester, officially season one in the books. Uh, What Terry and I will do is we will take most of the next month, most of the next two months off uh, from podcasting. We will rejoin all of you towards the end of August with a all new lineup of guests that we will have all through the fall and spring semesters. So uh, 18 in the books with many, many, many more episodes to come. If you have a lead on somebody who you'd like to see on the show, or if you're someone who has a story to tell at the College of Staten Island, we implore you to uh, get in touch with us, communications at csi.cuny.edu. We would love to feature your story right here on the CSI Today Talks podcast. For my co-host, Terry Mayers, for myself, David Pizzuto, uh, I wish you all the very best of summers. Thank you all season long for following us on CSI Today Talks. Don't forget to subscribe, and we'll see you after the summertime and in the fall for another season of CSI Today Talks. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to this edition of the CSI Today Talks podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to get alerted for brand new episodes and to listen on demand to your favorites. Be sure to check us out at www.csitoday.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.